Welcome back to Battlecast. This is Battlecast number three. Number three. Number three. We called it Bottle Cap earlier, but it's Battlecast. So uh, this is Scott and Chris from Hidden Battles. Uh, listen, thanks for tuning back in. If this is the third and you're listening, or if you skipped the first one, that's good with us. Uh, the only thing is, if you missed the first one, then you don't know who we are. So I would suggest going back to the first one. As painful as it is, because it was number one, not saying this is going to be any less painful, but it's going to be a little better. We will certainly try to make it less painful. All right, so we'll jump right into it. So we are suicide prevention and uh, for post-traumatic stress for first responders and law enforcement. So if you need someone to talk to, 1-800-273-TALK. It's 1-800-273-8255. Or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. And then, as always, if you have a emergency, uh, you can always dial nine one one as well. Oh, that was nice, nice adding. All right. So, what, what do you want to jump right into? You know, um, I'd like to go into the study that shows how drugs commonly prescribed to veterans could be making suicidal thoughts and tendencies a lot worse. All right. So, for those who weren't in the military, you have to understand the military believes that there is a pill that fixes everything. Uh, when I was in, it was Moltrin eight hundreds. Uh, no matter what you had, you had, if you had a Fractured arm, Moltrin 800s. Shin splints, Moltrin 800s. Uh, sore throat, Moltrin 800s. And they gave you like 60 or 80 a meta time. So it was a lot. And then they slowly moved to gabapentin, which is going to segue into this because they're actually linking gabapentin and just reclassified into the opiates family. So funny. They used to hand those out like crazy too. Yeah, now it's somewhat regulated. All right. So tell us what you got, Chris. All right. So, uh, Going through the article here, it was uh, done by ABC 13 News out of Tennessee, WZTV. Uh, and it says a drug trust treating PTSD in our veterans could be killing them. Um, Prezones is a blood pressure medication commonly prescribed to treat PTSD nightmares, according to uh, the investigation. Only two drugs are approved by the FDA to treat PTSD. And prazosin is not one of them. Yeah, but it's the military. What do they care, right? We Basically, you're a guinea pig. You get shot up with stuff that nobody knows what it is, and then your shot records, nobody can read them. So uh, that doesn't shock me at all. Not at all. But then look at other things. Everything now. Like, uh, what do they tell you? People telling you to be healthy, so they tell you to stop smoking. What is one of the huge side effects of Chantix? Suicidal thoughts and depression. Oh, that's right. That it says it right on TV. Yeah. So yeah. So get healthy, but don't get healthy. So, not that we're an advocate for smoking or 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 uh, against Chantix, but it just I I don't understand. It's there's the magic pill theory. Just it's not out there. So. What else? So what else you with that. Yeah, I think uh, that pretty much sums up that. If you want to check it out, go to the ABC 13 News website. Uh, and you can read the entire study or check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hidden Battles Foundation. Uh, the link is directly on there. All you have to look for is the pill bottles right in the uh, little title there because that will pop up. But uh, on a more positive note, I think we should jump into the uh, Johnny Kim. Oh, Dr. Did you, Kim. Yeah. You uh, heard, did you hear about him? Superhero. Yes, I have heard about him. So if you don't know about uh, Dr. Johnny Kim, so he's 34 years old. So this is where you actually feel like you haven't accomplished anything in life by hearing this guy's accomplishments. And he's 34 years old, and Dr. Johnny Kim has accomplished the top three childhood dreams in one lifetime, which is become a Navy SEAL, become a doctor, and now, could you imagine, now he's an astronaut. 
It's ridiculous. And not only is he was he a Navy SEAL, he was listed by the Navy in the top 10 sailors of all the history of the U.S. Navy, right above JFK, Boston, Boston's own, or Massachusetts' own John F. Kennedy. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. His parents immigrated uh, from South Korea in the 80s, and he ended up enlisting in the U.S. Navy as a seaman back uh, when he graduated high school in 2002. And that wasn't good enough, so then he had to go full badass, become so, a SEAL, and then what was it? Because I, I remember reading this. A uh, hundred combat missions in the Middle East. Yeah, what, so he, then he became a combat medic because after seeing one of his uh, colleagues uh, die, he figured he would study medicine. Yeah. Then became a doctor. Yeah, and studied at uh, Harvard University right in Boston. Yeah, oh, fantastic. It's Cambridge, but Cambridge. Boston, and nobody parks cars there. So... Then what do we do? Then we say, you know what? That's just not good enough for Dr. Kim. Let's get accepted to the aerospace program, right, from NASA. Now, I don't know. Have you tried to do that? Because I heard it's not that hard. I can't even get... I, I get tired watching the uh, those Bud Trainings videos, what, like for the Navy SEALs on, on History Channel. And that I'm exhausted from that. But then this guy is going to go, yeah, you know, it's just not good enough. I think I'm going to become a doctor. Then an astronaut. Yeah, well, you know, fun fact, in uh, June of 2017, he was one of 12 to be selected for the 2017 NASA Astronaut Candidate Class. One of 12. So, And the training would take up two years to become a fully certified astronaut. And uh, as of today's date, February 21st, he is uh, officially only maybe a few months away. So what does this guy do after that? He's, I mean, you've accomplished... So much. What do you do next? Astronaut medic that's a doctor? That Navy SEAL and <gasps> Space Force. There it is. It's the precursor to Space Force. They put Navy SEALs who are doctors into space. Perfect. See? Absolutely outstanding. Trump was smarter than we thought he was doing this. This is actually, yeah, Space Force. Now we have the first. What was his rank getting out of the military? I know he was commissioned as an officer. Does it say? I, you know, I'm going to have to get back to you. I'm going to continue okay. looking at that, but I don't see. So we actually officially have our first Space Force Navy SEAL. Here we go. So he, Dr. Kim completed more than 100 combat missions during his time in the Middle East, earning a Silver Star and a Bronze Star with Combat V. Yeah, Valor, yeah. Uh, Dr. Kim served as a medic and sniper for SEAL Team 3. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the Navy Times named him one of the top 10 Navy sailors of all time, right above JFK, like you stated earlier. And this is the reason that we haven't been invaded by aliens, because they all see Dr. Kim and think that he represents all of us, which, you know, good for you, Dr. Kim. Thank you for representing all of us. Yeah, thank you for uh, all your service as well. So, you know, he only has, uh, what, I think like two or three things left, become a fireman and become the president of the United States. Hmm. Both of which he couldn't accomplish before he was 50. Was he born in America, though? His parents immigrated here, but he was he was born here, correct? In I believe, I believe so, because if his parents immigrated in 80 and he's 34 now, he would have been 80, born in 88. 88. So, yeah. So, oh, all right. Future president. I would vote for this guy. I would, too. I Absolutely. I would vote for him. I would vote for Dr. Kim because, obviously, he's smarter than anybody up on uh, the Hill. So, I, I just, uh, this guy... I feel like a slouch. It literally says he includes his interests include spending time with his family, volunteering with nonprofit veteran organizations. I think we're going to have to reach out and yeah. see if he can come and help us. A new spokesman, Dr. Kim. And uh, academic mentoring. What a guy. Because he has uh, all that time. 
I'm lucky I have time to like. This is ridiculous. Do my normal things. Unbelievable. Never mind, become a doctor and everything else. Yep, absolutely, absolutely crazy. So let's. So um, what do you have? I'm gonna jump into a uh, a study that you found. So uh, an article out of uh, it's gonna be Tampa, Florida, Channel Eight, WFLA. What happened was they did a study saying that. Um, the rise in firefighter and first responder suicides and line of deaths is actually leaned over to suicide claims are higher. So this is what it's called. Suicide claims more uh, first responders than line of duty deaths. So just some quick numbers. So this was done by one of my favorite readings, and I know people have said to me, why don't you read more about uh, this? So the Ruderman study out of New York, uh, they did a big, giant 47-page article called the Rudiman White Pages. Um, so I had hinted to that before, and I really didn't get into it because I think that you should read it. Uh, I could give you the cliff notes of it, but you're not going to really learn as much as if you read it. So in 2017, they did this study. So according to them, firefighters, 93 line of duty deaths, 103 suicides. That's, that's, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, so then they went to law enforcement side. 129 officers line of duty deaths 140 suicides so that's reported as suicide and i know doing what we do a lot of the time they don't automatically say that it's suicide they say suddenly uh, passed away at home and it's not confirmed so these are confirmed so 93 firemen 120 oh sorry 103 firemen 140 uh police officers that that's crazy that's ridiculous that's like I said before, I'll say it again. That's one, way too many. One's too many. Absolutely. So, so, but then they go on to the, the chief saying that, you know, these uh, high stress calls that they've come from, uh, stuff like that. But then it doesn't really go into what they're doing for them. They're not saying really that they have too many programs in place. But it, which I think if this is 2017, these are the numbers I just read off to you: 103 and 140. Uh, why are we still behind the eight ball? Why isn't there more peer support? Why aren't there more programs for this? That, that's a great question. And, you know, 4,000 first responders found that 6.6% attempted suicide, which is 10 times the rate of the general population. That was published back in 2015 in an article in the Journal of Emergency Medical Services. So, I mean, that those numbers are just way too high. Let's go. We'll go back to that number again. So... If you do feel that you need help, they actually actually created a new text line for law enforcement. So what you can do is you can go back to 741-741 and then text BLUE, B-L-U-E, BLUE. So try that. And if a fire, uh, you know what? You can go BLUE too. So, But definitely, it's an easy number to remember, 741-741. You just do it twice and then just text BLUE and someone will call you. Dr. Kim, I'm still I I'm am still blown away oh by that individual. God. That guy, if, if he's not motivating, imagine that guy being on, well, that was in the military, so, but imagine that guy. That's the guy who, you know, runs circles around you and he's up every morning. He's not the one out drinking like a crazy person the night before. I mean, I don't know. I want to know where he gets his energy. I don't know. I, there's just this, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Mind blowing. So let's talk about the tap takeover. Tap takeover up in Bristol, New Hampshire. Yeah, so we were at, uh, this is recently, uh, it was uh, last weekend, we went to Kathleen's Irish Cottage in Bristol, New Hampshire. Um, we were invited up by Marianne, who owns it, and we were uh, chosen by 14 Star Brewery out of Vermont, their veteran-owned organization and brewery. 
they have actually really good build. The tribute was really good. It was kind of like um, the, the recruit was also another good one. Yeah, I I didn't have that one. I had definitely had the tribute, which was I would say it was like a non citrus blue moon. It was really good, but um, I don't really like blue moon, so I actually like this because it didn't have that citrusy taste. And uh, fun fact for about for the Fourteenth Star Brewery, they each one of their beers is brewed. Uh, up at their place, I believe it's in St. Albans, Vermont, if I remember correct. Yeah, um, I believe so. And each beer, each part of, portion of their sales uh, for each type of beer. So, like, the recruit will go to one nonprofit, uh, the tribute goes to another, uh, and they have like five or six different nonprofits that they constantly give to. And, um, you know, we were chosen as the one to do for a tap takeover up there. They had, what, Three or four different beers uh, yeah. that they had. Yeah, they had three. They were supposed to have four, but something got mixed up in the shipping. Well, that's not very good. No, and they didn't really have that much merchandise that we really we really could have uh, finagled for ourselves. But yeah. they were probably smart. They probably knew we were just going to take it for ourselves, so they only shipped a little. So. I mean, but uh, you check out our Instagram at Hidden Battles Foundation. You'll see a picture of uh, what... We had going on Facebook page as well has some uh, photos of it and yeah and if you ever get up to the newfound area, Kathleen's is awesome. They have a great bar. They have a great live uh, entertainment section where we were actually there was some um, some young uh, probably in their twenties early twenties yeah and they were singing songs acoustically and it was actually it was a really good night. Uh, so what do we have in the future though? What do we have in the future? So uh, March sixteenth, I believe, is the date. It's a Saturday night. We have the therapeutic couple cooking class. At UTech and Lowell. Yep, that's going to be macaroni and cheese and risotto, I believe. So it's all going to be from scratch. It's not craft. It's not Annie's. It's not Velveeta. It's like you're mixing it, you're making it, not from a box. Sounds yummy. And then I believe that there's going to be uh, like a port wine that's going to be paired with it. Uh, so, yeah, we have that. Then I, I just was advised today that uh, March 9th, Saturday, March 9th, we're going to be a gold sponsor for the... Was that the Vesta dog? Yeah, it's a uh, mass Vesta dog, specifically for I believe it's Molly, uh, which is out of Mansfield. Yep. Uh, Mansfield does this fundraiser, I guess, every year, and over two hundred and fifty people show up for it. They have live demonstrations. It's family friendly, and you know we're all about the family friendly activities here at Hidden Battles. So absolutely. And and what Ma- what Vesta dog does is Vesta dog provides ballistic. Uh, dog jackets or like bulletproof vests for canine officers. I know that uh, Westford's benefited from this. Littleton's benefited from it. Burlington has benefited. And I believe probably in the last year or two, uh, Chelmsford, uh, Officer Leo and his dog had just gotten a, a vest dog. So they're actually a great organization. Um, we're all about defending our defenders. And you know what? Everybody on patrol wishes they had a dog. They, and if you don't, you're a liar. And one thing that uh, nobody ever wishes for is a cat on patrol. Although, I, I honestly, I think a cat would be more fun in a car. Just because it will snuggle up against you all the no, time? No, it's because it would just meow and it would be <laughs> panting at the window and, you know, clawing on your shoulders. But, no, Vested Dog is a great organization. I know for the department I worked at, they actually hooked our canine up with uh, one and... I know they're wicked expensive, so it, it's a great cause. I think their slogan's helping police dog one paw at a time. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? But yeah, uh, March 9th, it's at the Bridgewater Vets Club from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, you don't need, 
to have tickets prior. You can show up and have tickets right at the do- and you can buy tickets at the door. I believe it was twenty dollars a head uh, to go in, but all the money goes right to uh, the Vesta Dog and. And I will tell you, these organizations, they have some of the best raffles. They have the best silent auction stuff. So if you're a sports fan and you want to get something at a good price, save your money and go to these. Because actually Chris here, he's kind of a sniper when it comes to those. He usually walks out with amazing things. Uh, What did you get at the Sip in the Park that year? Well, let's see. I've got tickets. Actually, it was um, Red Sox tickets. Now, I already had half-season tickets to the Red Sox, and... I was like, you know what? It goes to a uh, good cause, and the price that these tickets normally go th- for is through the roof. I wouldn't be able to afford them. And this was two two seats. Literally, I could touch the field where I was. And I walked out of there. I think I spent $250 on the pair of tickets, plus it came with parking and dinner. And it's a tax write-off. I mean, how can you go wrong? It, I mean, but I mean, but go out. If you, obviously, if you listen to this, you support, you know, law enforcement, and these are one of the things that you go out to support, and you actually see what the money goes to. It's not a, a like a blind charity. It's not, you know, that organization that has their logo all over the Under Armour stuff, where you see one guy on a poster for six months, and they say that's where the money goes. This is this is actually every day that you're out on on the streets and you see a dog go by with. A, you know, in the back of a police car, this is where the money's going. This is a great cause. This is I'm, I'm actually happy that we're involved in that. Yeah, and, you know, I just, uh, Facebook is a wonderful thing. Social media is a wonderful thing. Some people can't stand it. Um, I just so happen to be scrolling by, and I have a friend who's a police officer down there, and he ended up sharing it. I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this is, I looked at the sponsorships for it, and $250, believe it or not, is not a lot for a sponsorship at some of these places. And when you look at the pros and cons on what you kind of get out of the deal, it makes you feel good at the end because you're sponsoring something that, A, uh, helps a department that you know know somebody at, and then it also helps that officer and everything else so i mean absolutely and especially with budgets being cut for police departments and fire departments i mean a lot of it it's barely making it that they can some departments can even afford a dog but to take this you know twenty five hundred to five thousand dollar crunch off the back it's huge so it is come out and support that thing we also have a fundraiser going right now it's a chance to win an autographed red Sox. Sorry, World Series Championship Red Sox baseball bat signed by uh, Benatendi, Betts, Borgots, and Devers. That you can actually get information for right off of our Hidden Battles webpage. And our hidden, oh, wait, is it on the webpage? Or uh, not it? on the webpage yet. It's just on Facebook right, at so this just present out, time. Just on Facebook page. Tickets are $10 each, uh, 3 for 25 5 for 45 10 for 85 and 100 for 800 So the drawing is going to be April 15th. Um, which is also Boston Marathon Monday in tax day, I believe. So yes. use some of your tax money, donate it back in to us, because we are a 501c3 component of the Greater Lowell Community Foundation, and it is a tax write-off. So you buy your raffle ticket with your tax money, you submit this as a donation next year for your tax money, and you pretty much get your money right back. And and here's something else for you. So obviously it's a World Series winning championship 
uh, autographed bat by four huge players for the Red Sox. That bat roughly would retail, if you were to sell it, at, I believe it was about $3,500. Yeah, last time we looked, we something comparable, and what we did is we called, reached out to a friend of ours who does authentication. And this is authorized. It's authentic. It is right? authenticated. So, and it comes in a, in a nice glass case. This bat is red. It's signed. It's I mean, it's gorgeous. And, like, yeah, 3500 bucks. So all it needs is one ticket to win, which is $10. You don't need to do a PayPal. You don't need to do cash. You can do whatever you want. All you have to do is just go to the website um, that there's a raffle set up on. It's all secure. Uh, it's similar to a PayPal. You can just put in some credit card info, and it will automatically charge you. It's like using PayPal, uh, and it will get some raffle tickets, and it will be automatically drawn by um, a system on April 15th, which just so happens to be the Marathon Monday and Tax Day. Yeah, look at that. So, yeah. The day after I get back from my cruise. Yep. Oh, nice. So you get the, all right, so you're, you're going to be here for the, the winning. So I will nice. be. Yes, so, I will. Yeah. That's not bad. Speaking of which, the boys are uh, doing pretty good down in Florida right now. I will have to say I haven't really had time to follow. Oh, yeah. I've been going on Nesson and checking it out. Yeah. I'm excited for this year to come in. It's going to be the same team coming back. Hopefully, hopefully we can do it again because who doesn't love a rolling rally? It's true. And, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of kickback from this, but yeah, I haven't followed spring training too much, but I also have 500 million other things going on at the same time that, don't worry, I will get to watch spring training games. I will be able to go and follow them. I'm not somebody who follows them halfway through a season. Um, so yeah, just I'm going to nip that in no, the You're button. not a pink hat? No. Oh, good. So for people, I'm not sure if that's a, a term everywhere, but in Massachusetts, if you're a bandwagoner and you jump on when they start doing awesome and you throw your hat on they call you a pink hat because usually when you go to the games i know that the yankees have them too and i think they might use this term too but those are the ones who are wearing the cute guy on the team shirt and they have their pink baseball hat on and the whole time they're just screaming about how cute his butt is in those pants and you're like just sit down please you have no idea what you're talking about and they're usually spilling the beer on you and you know going woo and you know all that stuff in front of you. No, you know there was, you just said something about Yankees, but um, there was a. Oh, I'm trying to think of who the player was that got just went. Oh, uh, Manny Machado just got, oh, went yeah. to the uh, Padres. Did you see that video? Of that little kid freaking that, out. That's literally what I'm okay. about to talk yeah. about. So this kid is screaming over, going, "We don't want Manny. We don't want this and everything else." So I'm going to see if I can find the video just so you can listen to this kid because he's hilarious. And it's great when somebody from a Yankees fan who just rips out and has to bring Tom Brady into it because he does that also. You got to hear it's a great clip. And you know, I need to find it because that that's just it, you need to listen to it. It's yeah. that good. Yeah. Yeah, no, we. I saw that, and I and I started laughing because at first I'm like, wait a minute, what is this kid talking about? And then he starts getting all, you know, I'm waiting for him to break down at the tears, you know, and then he looked like it. Yeah, and he was just so upset. He and he was legitimate. He was the quintessential Yankees fan. He was just so heartbroken. And this was, I believe, in spring training, if I yeah, remember correct. Yeah, it, down in Fort Myers, I believe, right? So yeah, I mean, that was nuts. Um, What's another? Know what else? While you're looking for that, so go on. I'm pretty. Uh, Sports Center had it. There's like a what a six to five year old, six year old kid hitting t-balls. Okay, so it, it was Sports Center. Okay, uh, ESPN Sports Center. Five, maybe six year old kid hitting t-balls off of a tee in a batting cage. Takes Damn. a swing, cracks it off the wall, 
and it lands back on the tee, like one in a million shot. Chris sent it to me, and I thought it was CGI. And then I kept looking. I'm like, there's no way that's possible. And then the kid starts losing his mind. I think it was the top one, the first one there. Yep. Let's see if uh, let's see if we can get that up. You're right, it doesn't happen. But wait, didn't Johnny Damon leave us and go to the Yankees? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, everybody liked that, though. Oh, everybody loved it. I really didn't mind. He was kind of a... Uh, really didn't do too much after that, did he? No. <laughs> he probably won a championship, but I don't know. I just remember that I don't when he think left, so. I was like, wait, Captain Caveman's leaving. He's going to have to cut his hair and shave because they're all clean-shaven and everything Jonathan over there. Jonathan Papelbon left and went to the Yankees. Oh, that's right, too. He didn't do anything for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. But, yeah, no, that kid's, it's funny. And, yeah, he does sound like he's, he obviously sounds like he should be a character on, like, Wreck-It Ralph or something. Literally, though. Yeah, that voice. Uh, unbelievable. So, yeah. So, we the other day, Chris and I were talking about, um, like, things that kind of cheer you up if you're, like, depressed or whatever. And, and like, YouTube's kind of the place to go because I'm finding that Facebook is kind of getting depressing because with all the politics and everything else that's on there, everybody's fighting so we were talking about some of the funniest things that we like and and some of the things we we get a kick out of are like the compilations of falling videos like people slip especially now that it's winter and ice and snow is here and there was like a 45 minute compilation video of people just falling weren't we in new hampshire when i showed you that yeah we we, yeah, we were up in the cabin we were actually out sledding that day you know because um that's what you do with families, right? So, yeah, we, we're sitting there, and just some of the funniest things. Like even one of the ones that sticks out in my mind I keep talking about was the guy who went to go get his newspaper at the end of his driveway. He comes out in his flip-flops, um, his, like, shorts, and he's got a coffee. And he for first step in the driveway, up and over, scorpions himself. His coffee goes into the bushes, and his flip-flops go flying. And then he gets up like nothing happened. It was, you know what he did? He did the get up, look around, make sure nobody saw anything, and walk it off. And then of. be all cool about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I so. still like the uh, video that you have on your phone when you went to the Patriots, uh, I believe that was the championship parade. Oh, yeah, the rolling rally after yes. they won the Super Bowl. That's right, that's oh, right. Yeah, um, on your phone where you took a picture of a kid crossing the frog pond, and you'd think mm -hmm. after the first time of somebody falling in that people would learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that wasn't the case here. No, yeah, exactly. So my daughter Mercer and I are walking through the uh, Boston Public Gardens, and we start to come up to a frog pond where the duck boats are. On our side, you could see where somebody had fallen in. And I had, I had said to my daughter, I'm like, I hope somebody learned from that kid's mistake. And then I turn, and there's the kid. He's soaking wet. He goes, yeah, I do too. He goes, but nope. So then we look, and there's probably 30 people with their phones out videotaping all the drunk college kids running across the frog pond and falling in. But the thing was, it was... You would see somebody fall in, and somebody right behind them is like, oh, no, I can make it. It, it. You know, like Wipeout. Oh, no, I can make it. And no, they didn't make it. Right into about waist deep. And if you're not familiar with Frog Pond, it's nasty. Um, it's like Goose Poop Central. and uh, Right near the State House in Boston. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just flowing down the hill, isn't it? So, um, so it's not deep at all. And here's, here these knuckleheads just running through. And sinking up to their waist, and then they get out, and then somebody runs out to save them, and they're in too. 
thinking that the ice isn't going to break for them. Yeah. Please. No, because they're magical. No, yes. No. Yeah. It's okay. So, did you know yesterday was National Puppy Dog Day or National Dog Day? Yeah, somebody's girlfriend, I'm trying to remember who it was, was taking pictures and posting them on social media. Sounds like somebody that I'm related to. <laughs> it sounds like our um, our media our media and coordinator. Yeah, your media coordinator, Janice, Janice. That's what she did. She actually posted it. And those are those holidays that you don't know exist until somebody posts a picture. Exactly. Is there and there's got to be a Snapchat filter for it? I there was there oh was God. because Always. I got a Snapchat from her. And for those who don't know who Janice is, that's my girlfriend, who's also our me- media coordinator. She uh, gets dragged around by me all the time. Yeah. Or it, I get dragged around by her. One of the two. She takes uh, actually she takes amazing pictures and she actually does some of our promotion videos. So I mean she does her job. It's you know so. If Chris didn't drag her around, we'd we'd still be kind of doomed because we uh, we need her. And, and since we are all gainfully employed and do this on our spare time, um, that it's we much definitely yeah we appreciate it very much. So so shout out to Jay Nice and shout out to Leslie. Leslie's always the one behind us cracking the whip. Yes, um, telling us what to do and leaving us lists. She's not here, so we're going to talk about her. Uh, so Leslie actually uh, owns Plan Perfectly uh, Wedding and Events, and she is an award-winning planner. And she is an award-winning um, manager of our time because she constantly puts us in check and what we need to do. How do you think I get all my stuff done? Oh, my God. I see the list, and I get overwhelmed, and I crumple it up, and then I hide it until I never saw it. But now she'll know, seeing that she listens to this. So who else do we have to on up? Because uh, one of our emails that we – because first thing we do is we say, if there's anything that you want to hear about or suggest, because we're new at this, we'll, uh, we'll take your suggestions. And, you know, we just say be nice because – Obviously, we have the balls to try to do this, and you know most people who don't are usually the ones that criticize. So one girl sent in an email asking who Chris was and who Scott was. So apparently, she didn't listen to the ever painful episode one because if she did, she would have heard that. But so a quick a quick recap on. Uh, so I'm my name is Scott. I am a police officer. I'm I'm about to retire. I am a army veteran and. Um, I am the founder and president of Hidden Battles. Uh, we founded Hidden Battles in 2017 after the death of my brother, Nikki, who was a corrections officer who took his life. Uh, I've been a longtime friend with Chris for, well, 15 years now. It's, geez, dogs and yeah. cats don't even last 15 years, but I we know, did. right? So, and Chris will tell you about himself. So, uh, I'm Chris. I'm the director of marketing and social media for Hidden Battles. I do not have a marketing background. I do not have a social media background. I don't have a business background. My background is in law enforcement. Um, I'm a 911 and police dispatcher. Uh, I work for multiple different agencies, and I am as well a police officer, kind of just starting out my career here. Um, Prior to that, I was in the public sector doing loss prevention, uh, personal executive protection so that's what uh, my background is and what my job is with hidden battles and, uh, and we'll have other of our uh, staff members on I mean one of our other staff members that uh, comes to mind because we had mentioned the cooking program uh, so my sister Michelle she is a classically French trained chef if you can hear that that's my ring going off telling me that there's motion at the front door so my sister Michelle is a classically French trained chef from Le Cordon Bleu she was the salutatorian graduate for the last class uh, for the Boston Le Cordon Bleu, which they closed. Yay, Michelle. She went in, she actually went to school at 50 and slayed it. So my sister started the cooking program for Hidden Battles. Uh, it's been huge. It's been therapeutic. People love it. We get tons of positive feedback. It is free for veterans and first responders and their spouses. Or if you don't have a spouse, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or 
whatever you have. Exactly. Well, exactly. So that's what we have. So, um, but as the shows go on, you'll meet more of us. We're a bunch of, I don't know, we're, we're pretty eclectic group of characters. Uh, we have some really smart people. We have me and you. Yeah. The not exactly. so smart yeah. people. So, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, fire us off an email at podcast.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com. Any suggestions, anything you want to talk about? I've been getting a lot of emails about marijuana, medicinal marijuana and post-traumatic stress. What do you think about that? I did see some, uh, some emails like that as well. I'm still waiting for the study about that. I am too. And, uh, and I, I get a kick out of the people who obviously are fans who instantly right off the bat say, it's proven it's the only treatment for post-traumatic stress, which that is not true because clinical our, our treatments. Thera- our therapeutical stuff thera- works. No, therapeutical stuff works. And, um, and no, no study. But if you think about it, I, I've related to it. And, and I'm, hey, listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even close. The only way I'm a doctor is because I read Dr. Kim's story a couple times. But as far as that goes, even the clinicians that I've talked to, say that there's no proven study, nothing saying that it 100% takes care of post-traumatic stress. It's a depressant, which is linked to post-traumatic stress, Yep. right? Um, it's trading one vice for another. And now this is just my opinion. Uh, I'm open to, you know, debate. I'm open to, you know, civil, you know, conversation over it. But it's, what's the first thing they tell you? They tell you, don't go to alcohol. It's a depressant. Then why go to marijuana? It's a depressant, right? That makes total sense. Makes sense to me, you know. Hey, so, but yeah. I know that, and and I know because we have friends that have uh, that have had a child with uh, a muscular disease, and their doctor told them try marijuana; it may help, and it did. So, not saying that there isn't any medicinal qualities to it. I'm just saying I don't believe that it's going to help post-traumatic stress. And you know, I'd like to see the uh, report. And I'd like to see a credible report, um, not just any study, but a credible study about it, because anyone can type up something, throw it on the internet, and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, and somebody with a credible title, like if Doctor Kim did it, I'd be, yeah, I'd be like, all right, I believe it. He could he could tell me that, you know, I'll win a million dollars tomorrow, and I'd believe it. Yeah. I mean, because he's credible. But but you see people, and like like we've talked on Denny's show about this, right? You go in the line, you wait, and you, and you buy the weed and whatever. But you get people who swear by it, like, oh, I'm so calm and I'm so chill. I always say that I'm so chill when I hit when I get that. It's like, all right, so you video game, and not stereotyping all stoners, but these are the ones that I've counted, or marijuana users, because I know that we have a friend of the, of uh, a program who has cancer and he uses. Um, marijuana products and it tends to help him with pain yes okay i get that but if you're a video gamer and your diet consists of pizza and code red mountain blue mountain dew right i think you're already chill i don't think you need to get stoned yeah that's 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 very true that's very true and uh yeah but like i said show us show us a study and you know what forward it off you know send it to us email it to us or tag us on the facebook page and let us know what you say, because I haven't seen anything credible. I haven't seen anything come out of, like, John Hopkins about it. I haven't seen anything come out of Harvard or Yale or or any any places I'm like sure, that. I'm sure somebody's making, you know, the study as we speak. And I'm going to tell you right now, if it was credible and it's cheap, the military would have already been using it. Yeah, That's just no, the way exa- it is. Exactly. They would have bought it in bulk. 
Oh, they've been seizing it coming over the border, and they would have already refined it, and they would have made money off it. It's the truth. That's, I mean, that's the military way. It's very, it's very true. Yeah. Very true. Military-grade marijuana, which you would know would be horrible and never use it because everything military-grade sucks. Like MREs? Like some of those are good, but some of them are really bad. Hmm. I don't know. I was never in the military, so I never had one. Oh, well, I have some. I will let you partake. Lucky me. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but so. one of the other uh, therapeutic things, so I'm just going to rope this back into uh, dog day that was yesterday. So did you uh, look at any of the stuff in the Middlesex County Sheriff's Office in Massachusetts that they posted? Yes, I did. And I'm seeing that a lot of departments. There was an apartment, Fitchburg, with now has a um, a calming dog. There's Is it Fitchburg? Well, there's one in uh, Franklin. Franklin, that's it's the one. Franklin. Franklin, and Massachusetts. Do you know what the dog's name is? Nope. Ben Franklin. Oh, That's, you know what, that probably took a long time to think up. <laughs> yeah, no but kidding. Yeah, so they bring this dog. It's a comforting dog. They bring it on to traumatic calls. Um, and I've read studies, and I've seen studies of, uh, like, children with uh, all, um, Asperger's yes. and stuff like that and, and learning disabilities and they'll bring them out and they'll read the dogs yeah. and it builds up their self-esteem it builds up their confidence and it's also because the dog is there it's calming to them so it helps them as a learning aid which so i could see why this would work if you have a service dog and it's specifically or specifically um keyed into what you need it for i don't see why a puppy wouldn't you know or even a nice dog like this wouldn't cheer somebody up or even add some comfort to you know, a volatile situation or, or a traumatic situation, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it, his uh, duties are going to include public appearances at schools, community events, and um, the police department said therapy dogs are used to comfort people who have been involved in a trauma or stressful event. They can also help de-escalate situations and bring a calming presence to a scene. I could see that, absolutely. And, you know, there's... um. It's Ben Franklin was donated to the department by Masterpiece Dog Training. I don't know where they're out of, but I don't uh, know either. Masterpiece, huh? Remember that show, Masterpiece Theater? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's uh, other agencies too. Uh, I saw something. Uh, I don't know. It was probably about a year ago in a jail that uh, they were given oh. dogs to. Uh, people who were in jail to take care of thinking that they had a purpose because these were people that um and we're not talking about that that a and e or true life stupid pit bulls and parolees um scripted jo- there is a there is a, and, and we just talked to somebody about a service dog about this yeah um so there is a um a jail i'm not sure if it's suffolk county i don't even think it's in massachusetts i think it i don't even yeah, I don't think it's in Massachusetts. But yeah, but the, so the the prisoners actually train service dogs. Yeah. And then you actually go in with them and they train that service dog, whether you have epilepsy or you have, uh, you know, some other condition, um, or like seizures or whatever. And they actually side by side train this dog to be your service dog. And they're not do, they're not doing like one, two, three. They're doing like a dozen, at two a dozen at yeah. a time. Yeah. And, you know. I'm sure if anyone who has a service dog out there, you know how long that takes to train dogs yep. to be a service dog and how, you know, uh, they're in such high demand now. Yep. So, I, I mean, uh, people have mixed feelings about giving people in jail dogs, but 
you know what? You're taking dogs from either a shelter, you're taking dogs that, you know, have been retired from something, and you're giving the dog with that inmate a purpose. Kind of like the dog that we're sponsoring. We're sponsoring a dog uh, from a retired police officer. Uh, Whiskey Rose is her name, and she's actually getting trained at Canine Solutions. And I believe Canine Solutions is out in the Lunenburg area also. Okay. But, yeah, so she'll be actually the service dog to that retired uh, female police officer that is a friend of the organization. But, no, I mean, service dogs are great. And I honestly think if you give, you know, you give a, a, a prisoner, or, you know, a, a convicted felon or convicted anybody a purpose to do something when they get out, they're not going to return to the lifestyle that they have, which is a total other subject. But, yeah, give these guys something positive to do. I mean, what was it before? Like the joke was they were making license plates and pinballs or something like that in prison yeah. back in the like 70s and 80s or whatever. If you Google it's a Gordon Ramsay show, it's uh, called like Locked Up or something, and he teaches them how to cook. Really? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's Britain or something. Yeah. But see, that's the thing is, if you just keep throwing them out to the wolves and they've done no rehabilitation whatsoever, you could throw them in there, you know, and what they're going to do? They're going to go, they're going to sit, they're going to get three hot meals, they're going to work out, they're going to play dominoes. They're going to hone their skills as a criminal and then come back out and be repeat offenders. Or they could come back out if it was something stupid, an OUI or, or whatever, you know. And you but, and I have both met them, people who should definitely be in there for quite some time. And then people that just made that one stupid bad decision because of either A, something that happened at home with their personal life or something that happened at work. And no, Yeah, you, I get it. You know, it yeah. just... But yeah, give the give them a reason. I mean, because sometimes people go to prison just because of the fact that they don't have a skill. And, and uh, yeah. when they did the interview with some of these people, the inmates were like, "Yeah, I've thought about doing X, Y, and Z, and now it shows that I have a purpose." Yeah, I actually know somebody near and dear to me who um who learned a whole bunch of carpentry and electrical and like literally legitimately learned every handyman skill he possibly could learn while in prison. Huh. Now he's very successful and like making a lot of money because he had done something stupid and turned his life around, you know, just like everybody. Listen, nobody's an angel. I don't care what anybody says. You're not an angel. There are those who have been caught and those who have not been caught. So for anybody who sits there and and turns their nose up for somebody who's been incarcerated for something stupid, I mean, listen, I get it. The person that's done the same thing over and over again ten times, you, you know, obviously you belong there. But we all have that friend that did something stupid, got caught, that you did or I did or whatever. So, like I said, I think it's great that they're giving these guys something, you know, a tangible skill to come out and, and, and pursue. And it's not like we don't need tons of service dogs. It's not something that's going away. Like, all right, well, yeah, we met the market on that. We can we can close up shop. I think it's great. What else you got there? What are you looking at? Perusing? Yeah. Uh, why law enforcement officers need more time off? Oh, my God. They need tons of time off. Not for details, though. Like more personal time. More like personal time, like one-on-one time with yourself. Oh, alone time. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So what are they saying? No, so this is, uh, I believe it's out of, I don't know, it's one of the uh, large agencies. This was was about a year and a half old now. Um, But every day, you know, law enforcement officers are keeping the community safe and maintaining the peace. Um, and the number of understaffed police departments is just, it's unbelievable. It is. It is. When police departments have to go to the town council and request to have the budget amended because the overtime has completely destroyed their 
fiscal budget. That that's ridiculous. That is a sign, and it's not one department with bad budgeting. It's it's it it's all over the country. Let's everywhere. So Flint, Michigan. Okay, there's a a show on uh, oh, on Netflix. Place. Yeah, it's called Flint Town. Mm-hmm. If you have a chance, I mean, it's a long season, but watch it. Don't drink the water. Don't drink the water in Flint. But Flint is definitely a understaffed department. They don't have a budget. Their city council's not on their side. It didn't seem like by watching it, and the department just seems to falling apart. They have like four chiefs now. I think they're into it, and um, they're understaffed. They're making cuts left and right and putting people back from detective back into patrol. And Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have officers that are working 16 to 18 and a half hours a day, seven days a week, because they can't staff cruisers on the road. Well, that then you actually have the road jobs that people are getting, uh, which are details of well, road jobs, depending on what part of the country. I think maybe the only people listening to us are our friends, so they know. But details, same thing with details. We have officers being, you know, ordered into details and now forcing them to work 16-hour days. And then they magically people think that when you get off the ship, you get to go home and have exactly eight hours sleep, yeah, which no. is not true because by the time you get home, unwind, shower, get up, shower, dressed, get back to, you know, you know, back to work, you're legitimately getting maybe four hours of sleep. If you're lucky. And that's really safe, right? You know, that's like the people who work, um, like, 3 to 11 shift. You get home at 11 o'clock at night, and then, okay, let's say, on average, somebody will live 30 minutes to an hour away from the department they work at. So, okay, you drive home. Let's say you get home at midnight. Well, now at midnight, you're not going to be tired. You're going to be wired. You're going to want something to eat. Yeah, your mind is on that report that you were supposed to do before you left, but you can't, don't want to break contracts, so you had to leave exactly at your 16th hour. So now you're going home, you're thinking, oh, i got to write that report. There's a lot of stress that's still baggaged on the way home, right? Exactly. Yeah, miserable. You go back to work, and you're back in the mix. And then people will take a picture of a police officer sleeping in a cruiser, and they put it all over the news, and then this guy gets written up, and they wonder, oh, this lazy guy, why? Do you ever think maybe there's a backstory? And we talked about this before. We have. When you see a 10-second clip of a movie or a video of something that's on the Internet, there's always a, a story way before it, and there's a story after it. So you have that 20 minutes prior to that 10 seconds and that 20 minutes after, which tells the true story. And this is exactly what it is. Forcing people to work overtime shifts, not only does it put stress on them, it puts stress on the family. It's not a conducive lifestyle. And it's not giving a, a good quality officer to the community that they're serving. So when they do take that picture of that guy sleeping in his cruiser, well, now you know why, you know? And, you know, how many of you guys have fallen asleep at meetings or even while driving, doze off real quick at a red light or whatever? You know, sleep deprived officers have a higher health risk. So what they that? link it to heart, a heart condition, which is yeah. the same thing. That's why Massachusetts has the heart and lung bill. You know, if you have, a, if you get a heart attack, it's automatically, it's perceived right then and there, it's linked to the job. And that's why. It's because of this. Nobody's supposed to work, you know, 16 to 18 hour days with that little sleep. That's true. Especially in, in stressful situations, depending on what call it is. You know, I like the people that go, oh, well, you you signed up for it and everything else. I didn't sign up to work 16 and a half hours a day, seven days a week for 365 days a year. I mean, that's not what my contract says. My contract is no, one and, thing. You know what? And people want people dedicated to the job and yeah i get that you know i do i get it and i understand that you have to pull your own weight it's a team you know it's a police department's a team a fire department's a team and everything else however is it safe you know i mean think of it 
if you had a guy fall asleep and crash his car into a into a tree, you would charge him with operating to endanger. Exactly. But then you are forcing police officers to get in a cruiser with less sleep and drive that same way. And if, do they get into a crash? Do they get charged? Do you know what I mean? And so it, it's a fine line. A fine line. And, and yeah, I know this. Everybody debates this, and the money's great when you get the paycheck. And they're like, all right, this will pay for the vacation. I'll make it up with my family. But uh, health-wise, even this is saying it's you know, a high health, higher health risks. There's a study that was done by Harvard that police officers— Wait, a reputable place? Yeah. Did you find the weed one there? No. All right, so read this one because so, I believe it. Uh, in 2011, Harvard did a study. And, uh, you know, yes, it's eight years old. However, I will almost guarantee that this study is still the same. Um Police, police officers who lack sleep are at a higher risk of diabetes, depression, and cardiovascular disease, not to mention it is one of the leading cause of job burnout in the industry. By working less and sleeping more, officers will help not just themselves, but they're going to help the community. What? Isn't that what I just said? So you get a better quality officer to serve the community, especially... We're not. How many cities are in Massachusetts that I can speak of? So with the, off the top of my head, you have Methuen, you have Lawrence, you have Lowell, Haverhill, Boston, Boston, Cambridge. Cambridge. The rest of them are bedroom communities. They're little mom and pop little towns. And do you want some cranky guy who has barely any sleep pulling over a lady in a minivan and ripping her out? You know? Do you? Mm. I mean, no. But that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that guy who's just pissed off. He's tired. He's cranky. Nevertheless, then brings it home to his family. And they wonder why divorce rate's so high. You know, more time away from the office keeps the public safe or a stressed out and overworked police officer does more harm than good. Uh, fatigue impairs an officer's mental and physical ability. It can also limit their alertness. And, yeah. you know, being police officers ourselves, we carry a firearm. If you're not alert. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no way. Yeah. First off, if you ever need to make that shot that's life-saving for you, you're going to miss. Yeah. Potentially. Or God, or, or God or hope that you not, make yeah. it. Or you might not pick up on that cue that you know would have gotten that officer killed you know what i mean like you're just not aware but i mean this is these are just not hypotheticals i imagine it's happened somewhere but you know there are guys that get the blue flu and call out because they've worked way too much and i will tell you people make an art in police departments on how to finagle the schedule to make it so they're not eligible for orderings and I, I know a few of those i, I know, know that guy and you know what and the guy is amazing he's a great cop um but he's figured it out, you know, and sometimes when you're like, oh, I got a wedding coming up, but I know I'm coming in for an order in and it's summer and there's a lot of order ins and you're not the, you know, you're not the senior guy on your shift. That's the guy you go see. You're like, hey, how do I get myself out of this and how do I block myself out of this? And it's usually a combination of a personal day, two vacation days and some comp time. But yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, we tell everybody you got to take care of yourself and, and you got to figure it out. But, you know, the department I worked at last summer was so understaffed with injuries and guys being out that it was unavoidable um and, and it's just the way it is but departments usually they you know they they pull up their bootstraps they figure it out they have uh details and over time they get some auxiliaries and stuff in there and, and that tends to help but it doesn't last forever but that's something definitely to think about it's i mean it, that's a good article it, it's about time there's you know, a lot of stuff that just the public doesn't realize and sometimes next time you judge a police officer sleeping in his cruiser Try to look for these uh, these articles and read. Not just Different. that. There's there's two uh, real reputable sites that law enforcement officers go to: Law Enforcement Today and Police One. Both of them have. I like Police One. That's a good site. I like both of them, yeah. and uh, they have some great studies that, you know, if 
does anyone actually ever read anymore? Who knows? They usually listen to things or watch TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they have some very good information on there. Yeah. And, and you don't have to get you don't have to get vetted to get those websites. No, nope. anyone right anyone can go. All right, so we're going to start wrapping it up. We've actually rambled for a, a while tonight, and this is actually our longest podcast. So hopefully you found it kind of entertaining and ed educational too. Um, and like I said, this is just our opinions. Uh, unless we state this is where it's coming from. Uh, the, like I said, I, I've, if we uh, offend you, then just fire off as an email. But be nice because we're not doing it on purpose. And just let us know what you think. Give us some suggestions. If you want to hear about something or a take on something else, we're not experts. But we will find experts that you know, can speak about it. If you want to hear about tactical stuff, we'll get a guy in here that talks about tactical stuff. You want to hear stuff about canine stuff, we'll get a guy in here to talk about canine stuff. You want us to get a fireman in here to talk about fireman stress and peer support, well, we'll get that guy in here too. Well, we're going to get that guy in here anyway. Exactly. So let us know. Uh, it's podcast.hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com. Or you can reach uh, hiddenbattlesfoundation at gmail.com, chris.hiddenbattles at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. It's uh, Hidden Battles Foundation on Facebook. We're Hidden Battles on Instagram. But if, if you want to find us, you can find us. We're very easy to find. You know, once again, if you ever need help, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-TALK. Or you can text uh, talk help blue. Whatever not all together. Not all together, but whatever word you want, talk, help, or blue to 741741. I imagine if you text anything to 741741, you're going to get somebody to call you. But I think when you put blue, it's going to direct you to somebody who is probably a specialty with uh, law enforcement or something. Yeah, so, so yeah, keep that in mind. 741741blue, um, because everybody likes to text. And, uh, yeah, we have more resources on our website, hiddenbattlefoundation.org. Check us out. And thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye.